It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're celebrating Schlocktober with Tom Sumner. It's not a foxtrot or a polka. It has a little bit of blue rhythm, a blue rhythm that sounds. It has a meter, it has a meter that is tricky. A bit of wicky wacky wicky. But when you dance it with a new love, there'll be true love in her eyes. You'll dream. together. That's how the dance has begun. Two arms around you and lips to sigh. I am yours and you are Just a karaoke lover 
And when you dance it with each true love, there'll be true love just for you.
Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. That was, of course, Schlocktober. While everyone else celebrates Rocktober and Shocktober, we celebrate Schlocktober. That was um, Jonathan and Darlene with a uh, actually kind of a, well, back-to-back tunes. Uh, had uh, the karaoke and uh, Take the A-Train. <clears throat> we started doing this uh, Schlocktober thing well over 10 years ago and it's it's been a lot of fun every day in the month of october we open the show close the show with a uh, different horrible recording or at least odd and or horrible and um that all kind of stemmed from jonathan and darlene edwards and um darlene is actually um a, a phenomenal singer you can't tell it from that performance but i'll play something here for you in a minute to give you an idea of what she really sounds like but one of my ex-wives uh turned me on to them and when we would entertain we'd wait till people you know got a little into the into the drink and uh were all wrapped up in conversation and we'd put one of those we'd put their album on and wait and see how long it took before somebody said what the hell is that anyway um it was always kind of a lot of fun and uh, it, that sort of inspired schlocktober that and all of the great work of uh, william shatner but um we've got a, a great show in store today and i'll get to that in just a minute but first i thought just just for fun we'd listen to a song that Joe Stafford sings seriously, not in character as Darlene Edwards. Everything that 
that was Joe Stafford, who we heard earlier in uh, our Schlocktober pick of the day, um, in character as uh, Darlene Edwards with her piano-playing husband, Jonathan. And uh, not all of the songs that we select for Schlocktober are, uh, uh, what, mock tunes, um, the way that that Joe Stafford does with... uh, Darlene Edwards. Some of them are really just that bad. Anyway, um, we got a great show coming up. We're going to talk. Uh, well, in the in the third hour of our three-hour tour, we're going to uh, talk with Steve Alton, who is back um, with a megalodon-caliber entertainment concept, Sea Monster Cove, and we'll find out what that's all about. He is the uh, creator of the blockbuster. Uh, he wrote all the Megalodon books that the movies are based on. We're going to talk about mental health with Robert Sheehan during the second hour of our three-hour tour. He is the CEO of the Community Mental Health Association of Michigan. But first, we're going to talk about The Breath Project with a couple of Flint theater artists who were selected to be part of it. It was this last weekend, uh, October 24th and 25th. I'm sure there are places you can go and uh, and take a look at it. It was a uh, virtual festival. And um, the Breath Project was formed in response to the current global spotlight on racial injustice against black people and two Flint Repertory Theater artists Uh, were featured as part of the 24 world premiere works created by multidisciplinary uh, theater artists of color that are all 8 minutes and 46 seconds in length. And I'm sure we all know the significance of that. And uh, we're going to talk to those two artists, um, David Guster and Harvey, coming up. Right after this. Hello, out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T I double G R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. 
And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky, soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in checker money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residence, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Tom Sumner. Program.com. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to talk this hour about the Breath Project, which was a virtual festival held October 24th and 25th. But uh, an interesting component of this uh, this national um, online uh, presentation is uh, the fact that there were two works commissioned by the Flint Repertory Theater and created by Flint theater artists. David Guster with uh, Nice to Meet You and uh, Harvey with Brianna's Prayer. And they both join me now by phone and... Uh, David, welcome. Harvey, welcome. Thank Hello. you. Um, let's start. Uh, Harvey, you've been on my show before, haven't you? I have. And David, how about you? I, I think I'm meeting you for the first time. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been on the show. Well, it's great to have you both. And uh, I'm going to start uh, the question. Um, it's really a question for both of you, but we'll start with David. 
Um, how did you get approached about doing this, or did you have a work in the works and uh, and then got recruited? Um, yes, yeah, so I actually worked on one floor of the Cuckoo's Nest uh, with the Flint Repertory Theater right before the COVID shutdown. Um, and it was probably some months after the show that Michael Luberich from Flint Rep um, reached out to me and uh, let me know about the Breast Project and wanted to know if I wanted to commission a piece. So I actually ended up doing a piece that was written two years ago. Um, it still touches on the same issues of racial injustice, but this time it was focused more in like the classroom institutionalized setting instead of like um, social unrest and police brutality. And and Harvey, what about you? How did you get recruited into this uh, project? Yeah, um, I've done a lot of work with Flint Repertory Theater since um, I was a child. And um, I've been doing a lot of, I've been creating a lot of work um, as an adult, um, and just kind of paving my own way. And since they, I'm assuming since they knew of the work that I was capable of creating and they knew me from, you know, working with them for over a decade, uh, they reached out for me to create something for this project. And, and I have to ask you again, Harvey, I know we talked about this when you were on my show before, but but how did you coin the name Harvey? Yeah, so um, Harvey is my last name, and that's what everybody in the world calls me. <laughs> um, and it's like that old play slash movie, Harvey, about the six-foot-tall rabbit, invisible rabbit, playing hijinks on people. So um, <laughs> I just run with that. <laughs> That's what I always think of. Um, and, mm-hmm. and Harvey, let me ask you this. Um, the the project was called The Breath Project, which, of course, we all know refers to those, those eight horrible minutes with George Floyd having his neck uh, uh, kneeled on by a Minneapolis police officer and, and him saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Um, mm-hmm. How did... How did you decide, rather than to do something about George Floyd for this, to do Brianna's Prayer? Um, Well, the guideline said that it could be about anything that is happening during this time. And I wanted to, I thought about writing something, um, like a poem or something, um, in honor of my brothers. Because I have two brothers who both live in rural Mississippi. Um, and they could be George Floyd very easily. And um, I, I started kind of writing that, but it felt a little too, it was a little too hard. Um, and so I said, well, let me write something that um, that I am a little bit further away from. Um, and I was thinking about Breonna Taylor and how... Um, Anybody could be Breonna Taylor. I could be Breonna Taylor. And I started with this idea of the the kid prayer that they teach you when you're a little kid. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake up, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And how she literally died before she woke up. And it's like you say it as a kid all the time, but it you never think it'll happen. And then it happened. So I wanted to explore um, just the final moments before that took place. 
and David, um, and, and again, this is uh, probably a question for both of you, but um, how difficult was it to take a piece of work and, and craft it into 8 minutes and 46 seconds, which is what uh, the Breath Project was requesting from contributors? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty difficult, I think, um, at first, only because I was using a piece that um, was already written. Um, and so I was actually able to meet with the artist of the piece, um, and she helped me out with adding certain things to uh, extend that time. Because before uh, I filmed it for the Breath Project, it was it was probably time at around six minutes or so, so not too far off from, like, the requirements, but there was just, we needed to add it like we needed to add more in order to get it to that requirement, but it is kind of difficult just like trying to make sure you hit that exact like time mark. So it took a lot of work. And Harvey, how about you? Was it, uh, was it a bit of a challenge to have it come out at eight minutes and 46 seconds? Yes, because um, since I was writing it for myself, I was afraid that it was going to be too long. And it kept coming up a little too short. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? <laughs> so um, when you watch the piece, I added, like, so in the piece, um, it's me getting ready for bed. So I added more things that I do to get ready for bed. So doing my hair up, and I'm picking out my clothes, and I'm taking my medicine, and I'm putting on my moisturizer. And so the more things that, the more time that I needed, because it kept coming in at like eight minutes and 10 seconds, eight minutes and 15 seconds. So I kept um, adding more things to do in the in-between moments so that it could stretch out to finally be that eight minutes and 46 seconds. What was the, the selection process like? It's one thing to have Flint rep, you know, or, or Michael Luberis call and say, you know, I want you to submit something for this, but... How did the, the selection process play out? Um, you mean for uh, getting selected for the, the festival? Yeah, to be or, included in the festival. Oh, yeah. I actually have no idea. I know that there were requirements <laughs> that it had to be a live performance and that it had to be 8 minutes and 46 seconds and yeah. um, that it had to be created by a person of color. And I did all of those three things, and I guess they liked the way that I did it. And yeah. they said, uh, so I don't know what they, what specifically jumped out at them or anything. I'm just very glad mm -hmm. that I got selected. Yeah, same here. I know that they picked, I know that they received over 65 submissions, they said, um, and they only picked mm -hmm. a third of those. So 24 performances out of whatever number of submissions they got, they selected for the festival. Now, you said it had to be a live performance, but that was, what, maybe live to recording? Yeah, just live recording. Yeah. So I I thought when I was recording it that it had to be live, like, to an audience. So I found three people to be in there as I recorded it. And then when I was watching the festival, I was like, I didn't have to do all of that extra stuff. So, yeah, just live to recording. And same for you, David? Um, yeah, well, I actually, so in my, I only recorded with um, one other person in the room to do the camera work. 
But um, I was kind of under the assumption that we would just record the pieces and then they would play them live for the festival. Mm-hmm. And then the um, then how did you find out that you'd been selected? Um, I actually was at rehearsal for a um, another thing that I'm getting ready to film tonight, actually. Uh, and we were at, on the call for rehearsal, and I looked at my phone because I felt the notification come through, and it was an email from them saying that my piece was selected. And, yeah, I mean, I couldn't hold it in. I couldn't hold the excitement <laughs> back. I had to tell everybody on the call, like, hey, look at this. And, and how yeah. about you, Harvey? How did you find out? Yeah, so after we recorded it, um, my friend uh, actually recorded it like on the camera and he would be like, so did you hear anything back? Did you hear anything back? And so for two days, <laughs> I was like, no, I, haven't, I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard anything back. And then I saw the email and I was like, I felt like the uh, that it was from the Breast Project and I was like, oh, here we go. And then yeah. um, I saw that uh, it was selected and I was like, I was very excited because this is the first time I've like submitted anything that i've written to like a festival so the fact that it was selected to uh be a part of it 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 felt it was really an an amazing um feeling to have like that people are recognizing my work and find it great enough to show everybody else were you able to um to to watch the festival Yes. So the festival was um, three hours. So there was one at five o'clock and then one at eight o'clock and then one at five o'clock the next day. So I was only able to catch the first hour um, and that one had my piece in it, but they sent a link out to everybody. So I'm going to watch the rest of it um, later on this week. And, And what about you, David? Did you get to see it? Yeah, I saw, so I saw part of the first day. Um, I got to see Harvey's piece, which was really, it was great. I really loved it, Harvey. And then I, (laughs) and then the day uh, that my, well, mine went later that day, the same day as Harvey. So I watched that as well. Um, But I didn't get the uh, chance to catch the last day. So I'm going to watch that sometime this week. Now, did you have Mm -hmm. like, like friends and family watching? Did you tell like everybody that this was going to be? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, I mean, why not tell everybody? Something that I think a lot of theater artists struggle with, um, pre-COVID was like affordable theater, theater that was accessible to everybody. Um, so it was really nice mm-hmm. that this festival was virtual and it was free, um, and that way I could like promote it to everybody. And so I had a lot of family and friends watching. Yeah, um, I like just kept like posting on it um, on my Facebook and stuff. And then I got like text messages from like, people that I didn't even know paid attention to my posts on Facebook, <laughs> like old co-workers and stuff, and they were like, mm-hmm. oh, I saw your piece. It was so wonderful and beautiful. And I was like, oh, my goodness, thank you so much. <laughs> did, you, did you get a lot of feedback too, David? Yes. I mean, this has been like, I, I, me and Harvey were texting the other day, and we were like, look, we're like celebrities right now. Like, yeah. it's amazing <laughs> the, the, the response that, like, you know, it's coming from this festival. A lot of people have been reaching out. A lot of like interviews like this have been happening. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is this is so much, but it's so great. Now, it, does that put you in a position to, uh, I don't know, get your work on the national stage again? Is there the possibility that you'll do more stuff like this? 
Yeah, I definitely think that I'm interested in doing more work like this. Um, I do know that the founders of the Bread Project have something else coming up. Um, they said they would keep everybody in touch, but they do want to like do some next steps with this first round of their inaugural festival. Yeah, um, there was talk of once COVID allows uh, people to go outside again of like some sort of tour perhaps, but um, that just all depends on the state of the nation. And and um, was was there were you when you were producing your your spots your your videos to be included? Um, did either of you sense any extra pressure because you knew where it was going? Yeah, I think that I, I mean, I mostly felt the extra pressure because we also did have a deadline to have these pieces in. Um, and I was kind of working towards the last minute of getting it in. But I also knew that I wanted to submit something that reflected not only myself, but the the work was being commissioned by the Flint Repertory Theater. So I wanted to make sure, you know, that was like something that they approved of and they really liked it. Um, and it was something that they would be proud to know that like a piece that they commissioned, um, you know, would be selected eventually. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, I knew that the, I knew that it, they were asking for submissions from like all over America, but I didn't know how like big and influential it was going to be until it like actually became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so my pressures were yeah the deadline and also just creating something that uh, that was up to my own standards of something mm-hmm. that I would want to put out in the world to see whether it's for the birth project or just for my own YouTube or something. Um, I have a, a I'm, I have a very high standard <laughs> for myself yeah. um, so that it can it can be like the nicest the best thing that it can possibly be before other people see it. Do you have any sense either of you for how many people have seen this and is it, is it streamable? Is it someplace where people can go and see it in an archive or, or something? Uh, yeah. So on the breast projects website, um, they have, so there's like two parts to the Breast Project, which is the festival and the archive. So people who submitted and weren't selected for the festival, all the submissions were put into the archive, and people can still submit to the archive even though the festival is over. Um, so it's on their website, and also um, it's on my YouTube. And yeah, so... Yeah, it's available for anybody to see. It won't it won't be in like the order that it was in the festival, but it's like all alphabetized. Mm-hmm. And so people can can go to the Breath Project uh, website and and see uh, some of the submissions. They can watch basically whatever they want to watch. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, Harvey, I know you've got a YouTube channel because I've watched some things on it. Um, but do you have a website? Yeah. So my website is simplyharvey.com, S-I-M-P-L-Y, and then my my name, .com. And on there I have links to all my stuff and news articles and performances and photos and all that good stuff. It's everything you need to know about me in one place 
And and David, what uh, what about you? Do you have a website? So right now I'm in the process of making a website. Um, I'm still in college, so I'm just trying to make sure my website is like up to par for the time I graduate. Um, you know, for the time when to start like auditioning in like real life in the real world. Uh, <laughs> but right now I do post a lot of my singing videos to my Facebook, David Guster. Um, so people can check out like that. And I'm getting better at like, I'm trying to get better at least at like posting uh, more of my performances and like acting uh, compared to just my singing videos all the time. Um, can you, uh, Har- I'll start with Harvey. Can you give me a, a synopsis of uh, Brianna's prayer and what what were the points that you wanted to make with it? So Brianna's prayer is, it puts myself in the shoes of Brianna Taylor. Um, when I was writing it at first, I was thinking about writing it from the point of view of Brianna Taylor. And I realized I don't know anything about this girl except for the fact of how she was killed. And so I said, well, I could easily have been in her shoes. And if I was, what would that look like? And so using, starting from that jumping point and um, thinking about if you knew you were going to die and you had the opportunity to say something to the world, what would you say? Um, There's three sections um, in the piece and one, there's four sections in the piece. And the first piece, the first is the uh, introduction and then what I have to say about if I um, knew I was going to die. Um, And then I have a section on um, my interactions in the world with white women. And then there's a section on um, how how, uh, this is happening so frequently in America. Um, And I question how many people, since just the passing of the Civil Rights Act, just just the passing of the Civil Act, not even thinking about before that um, how many people uh, have been killed, black people have been killed by the hands of police. And then the last section is the part where I die. Um, spoiler alert, but if you know about Breonna Taylor, it's not really a spoiler. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so um, what I wanted to say with this piece is like, if you're going into battle, because black people go into battle every day just by leaving their homes. And, well, for Brianna, she was in a battle. She didn't even know it inside of her home. Um, you're in a battle, and you're outnumbered, and you need to rally the troops. What is your war speech? And this is, in a way, that that rally the troops war speech for me. And, David, what about your piece, Nice to Meet You? Yeah, so Nice to Meet You um, is actually, so it's a piece that is set, um, even though it's just me in the classroom, it's set in the classroom, and it kind of puts you in the that place of, it's your first day of class, um, you know, the icebreaker's coming, the professor is about to go around and ask you to tell, you know, interesting fun facts about yourself, and uh, this piece will, it, it just basically goes over everything that me as a black person I really want to say compared to how sometimes this kind of uh, institutionalized racism or institutionalized uh, biases uh, play a role on like what I, what I want to say compared to what I might say just because of 
the fear of like, you know, people stereotyping me or thinking that, you know, I'm always getting handouts or everything's just handed to me because of my race. But, um, you know, also reflecting on the fact that it's actually a lot harder for me as a person of color, as a black person to be in these institutions where they're predominantly white and still try to advance, you know, alongside my peers or even above my peers, because sometimes your skin color is the only thing that gets in the way. Uh, David, what's next for you? Uh, so right now I'm working on uh, six probe sessions through the University of Michigan Flint. Uh, it's a piece. Well, it'll be a combination of three different scripts written by black playwrights, directed by a black director, Kelly Crump. Um, and we are getting ready to record those tonight, actually. So they should be available to the public in the next couple of weeks. And Harvey, what about you? What's next for you? I know you're always doing something. <laughs> um, I actually participated in... It has a name, but I'm calling it a Zoom play for the Matrix Theater. It's a part of a bigger collection of works called Race um, in collaboration with Sojourn Theater. And um, the, I wish I had the dates in front of me. It's I know the 29th of this month is one of them that um, it will be playing live in um, at the matrix theater but i think it's on their website as well um so the piece that i'm in um is with four other people but then they've edited other works to go with it to make about an hour long um show so that's what what's going on with me right now is that piece race at the matrix theater in Detroit. well i just i just want to say congratulations to both of you and thank you for spending a little time with me thank you so thank much thank you so much all right um and good luck to everything that you do going forward thank, thank you. you all right that was uh, david guster and harvey they were commissioned by the flint repertory theater to participate in the breath project which was an inaugural virtual festival held october 24th and 25th we'll have more of the tom sumner program Straight up. Tom Sumner Program.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. 
They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, 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 take it away. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. There's a book written called Psychological Studies of Famous Americans, and it examines from a psychological viewpoint uh, Robert E. Lee and Ulysses S. Grant and uh, Walt Whitman, people like this, and tries to explain in terms of psychology why these people acted the way they did, that they really did not act from, uh, from valor or anything else, that there were deep psychological problems these people had, and that's why they reacted the way they did. One person they skipped that I thought would be a great subject for analysis, if they had analysis when he was around, was uh, Ben Franklin. I think he... (laughs) I think this man is ripe for analysis. So this is uh, Ben's analyst. 
and he's in a typical analyst's office. He has a, a, a desk and a chair and a couch and an intercom. Yeah, uh, who, who, uh, who is it, Murray? Ben, ben Franklin. Um, can, I, uh, can I duck him, Murray? He's, he's standing right there in the office. He's, he's dripping all over the rugs. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, send him in, Mary. Uh, uh, Mary, how, how's he doing on his account? Uh, th three months behind, huh? Yeah, he's, he's thrifty, all right, Mary. All right, send him in, send him in. Well, hi, hi there, Ben. How are you today? Good. Ben, you want to you lie down on the couch there? Uh, ben, you want to put some papers down on the couch so <laughs> don't uh, don't get the couch all wet. Well, I'd, I'd say from the looks of our clothes, we've been uh, flying the kite again in the rainstorm, right, Ben? <clears throat> okay, Ben. Um, we copied down our dreams, did we? Mm -hmm. you, you didn't have to. It's the same one. You're, you're walking down the street, and you, you find a half dollar, and your face is on it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty sick, Ben, you know that? <laughs> Washington has the same dream, only he sees his face on paper. Huh? You want to you want to give George my number, uh, Ben? <laughs> okay, Ben. Let's let's see if we can't get to the bottom of this kite fixation thing. Um, the uh, the lightning knocked you down again, uh, did it, Ben? <laughs> you're you're not surprised by that, though, are you? I mean, you you expect it to knock you down, don't you? <laughs> you know, Ben. Uh, you being a founding father and all, you know, it, uh, it doesn't exactly inspire confidence in people to see a, you know, a grown man flying a kite, you know. <laughs> it's too bad it, it, it isn't something a little more private, you know, you could, you could do in the privacy of your own room, like uh, spinning a top, you know, <laughs> some, something like that. You ever, ever thought of spinning a top, Ben? Wouldn't, wouldn't knock you down. Hmm? <laughs> that's, that's important to you, is it, Ben? The, mm -hmm? Okay, let, let me see if I have the picture now, Ben. Uh, <coughs> you're flying your kite, all right, Ben? <laughs> and you're letting out the string. Everything's the same as usual. There's, there's something different this time. You, you use strips of cloth for the tail. Red, white, and blue strips of cloth. <laughs> where'd, uh, where'd you get the red, white, and blue strips of cloth, Ben? From, from Betsy Ross. She, she's got plenty of it. She, she's up to wearing it, Ben? Now, uh, Be uh, Betsy gave you the cloth, did she, Ben? You, you took the cloth. A, a penny saved is a penny earned. Why, uh, why didn't you ask uh, Betsy for the cloth, Ben? She thinks you're a sissy. 
because you wear bows on your shoes. <laughs> and, and she chased you down the street yelling, you're not thrifty, you're cheap. <laughs> she, uh, she could have something there, Ben. Not, nothing, nothing, Ben. Mm -hmm. why, uh, why didn't you uh, pay Betsy uh, for, for the cloth, Ben? Keep what is dear to you if, if you would prosper. Ben, I, I think we can get a lot more done if, if you drop the little homilies after each, uh, each statement. Ben, we don't seem to be getting anywhere with, with a kite thing. Uh, let's switch to something else. How, how are the inventions uh, coming along, Ben? You, you got lucky this morning. You, you don't have to wear your bifocals anymore. The, the lightning fused your glasses to your eyeballs. <laughs> what, uh, what are you going to call them, Ben? Con contact lenses. Ben, I, I, uh, I sure would like to be more optimistic about your condition, but um, <laughs> afraid I'm going to have to recommend a shock treatment, Ben. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to do it because there are always uh, undesirable side effects. Well, what, what we do, Ben, is uh, we stick you inside the Liberty Bell and, uh, and we, <clears throat> we uh, ring, ring it a couple times, you know. Well, uh, the problem is you, you, you quiver for about two or three years, you see. <laughs> ben, I'm afraid our time is almost up. We'll see you uh, next, next Thursday then. Right. Goodbye, Ben. You, you get him, Mary? He ran, ran out already, huh? <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
not ready to turn his back on you You think you left a smoke screen Well, let me clear the fog You ain't fooling no one but the dog program don't you know go on go on get out of here it's 